welcome to the Real Life Girl podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loisel. And with me today is my co-host with the itches. Mark Salcedo, managing editor and writer, Screen Geek. God damn, this shit's starting to itch now. I told you. No, it's fine. Stubborn ass motherfucker. I know. I'm scratching my arm, folks. I'm not scratching my crotchal area or anything like that. That'd be weird if I'm doing this and you find I'm scratching my crotch. Like, <laughs> Okay, I think I got it. Yeah, great. Make a hole in your arm. All better. <laughs> no, right. It wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> um, you know what those yeah. mosquitoes are saying? What? <laughs> what are they saying? Come to daddy. <laughs> Come to daddy. <laughs> I don't know when I got this. I was fine. You know what you should do? What? Put camphophonique on it. Yeah, but we're we're recording right now. It's okay. I can talk about, you know, Facebook and all that while Where, you get it. Where's your caffeine? In in my uh medicine cabinet? No. In my computer bag where it Oh belongs. my god. <laughs> Alright, you do that while I go get it. Okay, so I'm just gonna talk for the next hour without Mark. I'm just kidding. Uh you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Real Appeal, two E's and Real. Or you can email us at gmail.com. You know, therealappeal at gmail.com. That's us. Um, if you could please review us on wherever you listen to our podcast, we would really appreciate that. Um, this week, we're going to do our recent review of the recent episode of hellraiser was it not there no it was not there what the fuck <laughs> you mean our recent uh tell me the, the recent movie of hellraiser because you said episode yeah that's what i meant damn it <laughs> the recent our re- okay we're gonna do the recent movie of hellraiser which came out this year <laughs> 2022 <laughs> i did find some uh belvita some belvita cookies I'll bet you that shit's somewhere on the couch or around the couch. Probably. Uh, we have our segment, our recent, our um, variety time segment of try this, not that. And our geriatric cinematic <laughs> of Hellraiser. <laughs> Whatever in the hell possessed you to think that was a good idea? <laughs> now you're going to be talking with your mouth. I know, full. right? <laughs> I'll be fine. Our geriatric cinematic. Hellraiser, which came out in the best year ever, 1987. <laughs> yes. Kelsey came out of the womb like, we have such sights to show you. Definitely. Something like that? Yeah. Mm. And then I murdered everyone. Mm. Murder, murder, murder. Um, what's the terpic? Uh, let's put a pen on that hell note. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So we went to Beyond Fest. Where uh, it was Beyond and Fest. And it was such a it was such a festivous time at Beyond Fest. Funny story about Beyond Fest. <laughs> Last year, I tried to get into I tried to use my press pass to get into certain screenings to cover Beyond Fest. Mm-hmm. Right? And some of the stuff 
that I did get, I had already bought tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, for example, New York Ninja. Mm-hmm. That was one that was offered to me, but we got tickets. Uh, Lamb, that was offered to me, but we got tickets. <laughs> okay. But I but I took the tickets anyway and was just like, all right, fine. Fuck it. Like, whatever. I have an extra pair of tickets. Or I have an extra ticket. But the funny thing was, for this year's Beyond Fest, I just got a bunch of stuff. Like, a bunch of screening to get into and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I talked to the PR people. And they were like, okay, you've been confirmed for this, 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 and this, right? Now... For those who don't know, Kelsey and I, we don't live exactly close to L.A. It's about maybe about 45 minutes, 50 minute drive or something like that to L.A. They have a theater out in Santa Monica, the Arrow Theater, right? The home of the Teslas. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That uh, is a much longer drive. And to go out there every day is kind of a bitch. Mm -hmm. So I got all these screenings. Most of them I was like... I can't go. I can't go. I can't go. I did go to one because it was at one of the theaters, the Los Feliz theaters that I hadn't, I had never been to. It was out in Los Feliz. Mm-hmm. Went to watch the movie. Not that great. <laughs> Which made you conclude that what? Next year, I'm just not going to cover it. I'm just, we, we're, you and I are just going to, because even though you and I went there and bought our tickets, I still said like i'm gonna cover some of the stuff Mm -hmm. so they're still expecting something Mm. like i like you know we're doing our review of 2022's version of hellraiser hellraiser was at beyond fest Mm -hmm. fortunately i read up the wrote up the review so i like i got that done but i still got like three more reviews to write i'm just like (laughs) kind of dragging my feet on those but uh, but that's not the thing that you concluded Oh, I concluded that. I'm I'm just not going to cover. No. <laughs> what? It had to do with um, Los Feliz Theater versus Arrow Theater. Oh, yeah. Two different vibes. Like I, like two different like types of uh, groups or something like that. Because I remember when I went to the Los Feliz Theater, it was, it was, it wasn't the, f- I don't think it was the first event, the first uh, film for Beyond Fest, but... It was the atmosphere was different. People weren't like cheering. They weren't exciting or excited or anything like that. Um, but when it's the Arrow Theater, totally different vibe. Everybody's there. They're laughing. They're happy to, they're happy to like watch these movies and stuff like that. Um, when Kelsey and I went there, uh, we checked out uh, Park Chan Wook's latest film, This Isn't to Leave, uh, even though it was more of an esteem night. Um, People were still like raunchy. They, I wouldn't say they were raunchy. I would say, but the crowd was a bit loose. There were like nerdier people. Yeah, um, but it was pretty cool to be in the same room as that guy. Park yeah, Chan-Wook. like like geeky people. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was that was pretty awesome. The funny thing is, like, <sighs> I think I've come to a conclusion with like certain directors, like certain esteemed directors, that. Because after after the decision to leave had premiered, there was a Q and A that followed. It was kind of boring, <laughs> and it reminded me of that time when we, when we went to the AFI Fest mm-hmm. and we went to go see Dunkirk and seventy millimeter, and Christopher Nolan was doing a Q and A. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, it's kind of boring because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like how they're when they talk about film, they don't talk they talk about it, but like as art, but they don't put any like. 
emotion into it. Emotion. They put life into it. They're just like, yes, this is what I came with my process. I thought it was a great idea that we can do this type of angle with this lens. And, you know, it's really sophisticated, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, even even the the guy doing the Q&A, I felt like he was kind of, uh uh uh-huh. He he was like, yeah, he was. And he was, like, looking around. He was kind of (laughs) twitchy. Yeah. And I thought it was funny that, like... Part was there. You can tell there were people there who wanted him to sign stuff. I myself had brought like the special edition DVD of copy of Old Boy, in uh, this box set has an actual film strip of the movie that I was like, I gotta get him to sign this. If there's anything I want him to sign, it is this. And he was there. How long did that interview? How long did that Q and A last? Like, I swear it was at least twenty minutes. Was it twenty minutes? That twenty minutes were up. Part Part Chamu dipped out. Yeah, like there was, was a it. door right off stage where it goes to an alley. Yeah. You could see a black SUV parked out there. <laughs> yeah. And we took off, like, as soon as he, like, it was done, we got out. We got out the front door. You saw that black SUV taken off. Yeah, fucking, my, the wheels might have been, sp- uh, might as well have been spinning. Just boom, taken off and yeah. shit. Uh, but, I mean, other than that, the movie was good. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a lot. Um, I did, too. Um, I know. I know. You and I kind of discuss our issues. We had a few problems with it, but overall, it was a good movie. Yeah, that's good. Like, like, like I, like I said, part time. He makes very beautiful, fucked up movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know what was not boring, and which was actually a really great time, was uh, the screening of Kids vs. Aliens. Oh yeah. Um, this happened when did we, we we checked this out this past Saturday. Uh, Kids vs. Aliens, which is directed by uh, Jason Eisner, uh, written by John Davis and Jason Eisner. Jason Eisner is the dude behind Hobo with a Shotgun. Um, and this movie is pretty much within the title, Kids vs. Aliens. Kelsey, yes. what did you think about this movie? Initially, annoyed, mm-hmm. because it's kids and I don't like kids. Mm-hmm. You hate kids, we got it. I hate them. Um, and it felt like it was taking a little bit to get like to the point Mm -hmm. but very early on after that like pretty quickly it uh got really good really crazy can't wait to show my kids i will go watch it in theaters again oh if it comes out yeah if it comes out to theaters Mm -hmm. i'll bring my kids to that well uh uh, even though it's r-rated yeah it's It's because of all the the swearing it's a lot of swearing a little bit of gore yeah, um, so unfortunately, you will not be able to take your kids to watch this movie uh, in theaters. Uh, that is... Oh, I take that back. I take that back. It says, uh, Variety reports that um, RLGE films will be given Kids vs. Aliens a theatrical run, VOD, and digital sometimes in early 2023. Uh, then the movie will receive a streaming release through Shudder. So if you don't catch it in theaters, you can definitely catch it on Shutter. I think I, I think I think uh, both our kids would enjoy it. Yeah. Um, like we should just take them together. I'll be down to do that. Yeah, if it's, it's somewhere local, uh, like at the local theater or something like that, I'll, I'll, I wouldn't mind doing that. Yeah. Um, but it was great because uh, one of the one of the moderators, uh, I think his name is Christian, um, had brought his kid. Oh yeah, Christian. Had brought his kid on stage. Um, he was wearing two different Crocs. Who, the kid? Yeah. I don't even know And then that. he was trying to tell his dad that one of them was falling off, and he was telling him, okay, be quiet. Uh, and while he was trying to talk, 
like, with the kid's losing his shoe, I was getting anxiety over it. <laughs> well, then, it's funny how you mentioned that, because the kid, I saw the kid coughing. Oh, like yeah, he was coughing in his face. Yeah, I was like, ugh, kids are gross. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we're watching a movie where kids are essentially probably obliterated. You know how gross kids are? How how gross are they? Um, There was a shirt that Cameron, or there's a dress that Cameron likes to wear. She said she wishes she could wear it every day. And I said, but it'll smell. And she's like, Mom, everybody at school smells bad. Uh, she's like, at least I wear deodorant. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just picturing, like, I'm just picturing, like, whenever we go to combo conventions and how people just, like, stank. They smell like ass and sweat and shit like that. So it's kind of like high school all over again. Yeah, but you know, like when we were watching Kids vs. Aliens, I was a little distracted because somebody around us had stank breath. Oh, yeah. I, you know what's funny? I saw you reaching for your gum, too. I was like, hmm, she doesn't normally reach for gum. Normally, like, she gets it from me or something like that. Yeah, I was like, fuck that. It smelled bad, like, and it kept coming in at me and, like, like <laughs> wafting. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, like, wafting at, like, in my face. Wafting. <laughs> And it, so it would like come and go. I'm Oof. like, who the fuck has that stank breath? I think it was the guy behind us who kept shoving his knees in my chair. I should have told me something. Nah. Oh, let me. Yeah. I would. I would turn around and be like, hey, keep doing it. <laughs> no, no, I would have stopped. <laughs> um, you would have vomited all over him. Uh, probably just to like, cause, cause that's that's one thing. If like someone gets in your face. Or if you get in someone's face or, you know, there's like a, an altercation that's going to happen, just do, do something super extreme that'll like stop them immediately. Like, just like drop your pants right there. Like, what? What? You know, or something like that. <laughs> or just like take off your shoe and like hit yourself in the head. And they'll just be like, all right. And I'll just back up. <laughs> I'm not saying I've done this. Liar. <laughs> the, the naked part I have, but. <laughs> you have? Yeah, I've done it like once. Just like, but I and it worked. Well, I wasn't in the altercation, so it was a, it was a friend of mine who was about to get into altercation, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, guys!" And I pulled down my pants. I think you guys need to stop this, and it stopped <laughs> right there. They were like, one one friend started laughing. The other guy, the guy was like, "All right, dude, I don't know what, but I'm out. Fuck this!" And then he walked away. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. Hey, it works. You know what's even more amazing? What's even more amazing? Our recent review of Hellraiser. Beautiful, isn't it? It's really nice. You can hold it. What is it? It's a puzzle. And it's almost finished. Keep going. So if I solve it, do I get a prize? I do. What's your deal? It has six sides, six configurations. It opens up and it cuts you. They come to collect. This film came out this year, so we're not talking about the old one right now. Mm -hmm. uh, the synopsis is a take on Clive Barker's 1987 horror classic where a young woman struggling with addiction comes into possession of an ancient and dangerous puzzle box. It's directed by David Bruckner, 
written by Ben Collins and Luke Petrowski. It stars Odessa Azian, Jamie Clayton, Adam Faison, and Brandon Flynn. I believe you played Matthew. Gotta re- I gotta re-update, update. Re-update, update? Update, yeah. Re-update, update the docket. Okay. <laughs> Hellraiser 2022. Um, Kelsey, what's your, what, what's your overall thoughts on, on this movie? My overall thoughts. Um, mm. The acting was either very good or very bad, depending on which actor you're looking at. Okay. Um, I didn't expect to be attracted to some of the um, Cenobites. Yeah, you told me that. I'm like, you're twisted. <laughs> Something is wrong with you, but go on. Really? Yeah, you didn't find on. any of them attractive? Mm, I did find uh, Jamie Clayton's uh, priest. Yeah. Mainly kinda, for me, kinda, that was that one. Kind of attractive. You know, I'm like, mm, okay. P- please don't torture me, but okay. <laughs> um, I thought the story was a bit thin. Mm-hmm. I kind of think that the um the girl with an addiction thing is like an overly done trope kind of tired of it i i get you it's it's but she's not a bad actress it's funny how you say that that it's it it feels like an overdone trope even though um clive barker's uh hellraiser the 1987 one is subtly about addiction Mm -hmm. about how it can like destroy you and the people around you and stuff like that but they could have made it not like on the head then yeah i know and, th- and that's what i was gonna say like i i like the message but it's like it it overly it has um not enough subtext a lot of over overused context i really feel too like you know how there are people who like they're really unhappy mm-hmm. and depressed and mm-hmm. sometimes just to feel alive they hurt themselves yeah i think the story would be better if they went down that path that would be interesting. Because of what the Cenobites do. That would be interesting, yeah. And then the woman could, like, um, it would be more about that type of addiction. That would have been Yeah, it, and then, like, on, coming yeah. back from it, you know, like, yeah. okay, I realized this wasn't the way to go. Yeah, that could have been, like, a, a really good, like, conflict and temptation kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. maybe this is something that I want to get into or something like that. Right, like, this is either going to go really good or really bad. Yeah, yeah, because... I mean, like, in the story, like, yeah. she's either going to get what she wants and decide she doesn't want it, or she's going to get what she wants and she loves it. Yeah, that's the thing. They've, they've, I mean, the the idea of the Cenobites is, like, every pleasure every pleasure imaginable and stuff like that, and that includes includes pain. But, yeah, it's, I, I don't, I don't recall it being really touched upon in the, the Hellraiser sequels, like the later sequels. Mm-hmm. It's been more of, like... Based off like curiosity of what type of pleasures there are and how far you can take it, mm-hmm. as opposed to like, I cut myself to feel alive. Right. Um, maybe I don't know. Maybe they thought. Uh, maybe they want to broaden this type of addiction. That's why it was more just like, oh, she's addicted to drugs or alcohol or something like that. So maybe that's why the story. I I don't know why I'm making excuses for. It. I'm just I guess pointing that out. Um, the look of the film. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say feels like um, like the directors of the two th- the early aughts grew the fuck up. <laughs> okay. 
So it still feels really sterile in a way, but not mm. as laughable as that stuff in the in the aughts. Yeah, that was that was one of my main gripe with this movie. Um, granted, I have I have seen this guy's work before. Uh, he did this really great movie called uh, The Ritual. Um, hmm, he did Amateur Hour for VHS, and I can't remember which one is that. Um. Or Amateur Night. Let me see. VHS. Let me see which one is that one. I do like the puzzle box. The puzzle box? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so, um, so, uh, oh, I know. Okay, Amateur Night. Hmm. He did the one with the succubus. All right. That one's kind of all right. Um, so going back to, uh, before we jump on the puzzle box, um, going back to my thoughts on the director, one of the things I didn't like about this movie is that, like you said, it's sterile. It's, it to me, it's too clean, mm-hmm. um, and that's what I I prefer the opposite. Like in the eighty seven Hellraiser, it felt dirty to watch it. Like I feel like Hellraiser is like you feel like if you're watching it mm. that you've gone into like a dirty biker bar from the eighties or some yeah, shit. Like you want yeah. that feeling of like grime and like anything could happen and like all this fucking dirt and leather and like. Yeah, and like the like the like you almost like you could almost like smell or taste the blood in the air. Think or you're gonna get like tetanus that. just from walking. Yeah, in. exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which you know this Hellraiser doesn't doesn't do so well. Um, I think that's like to me that's like one of the biggest like dings against it. Um, uh, it feels like it's trying to be like an artsy film. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, like a uh, elite class artsy type of highfalutin shit. Yeah, which I don't think it really works within the context of Hellraiser. No. Um, but on on the positive side, I did like the pu- the use of the puzzle box mm-hmm. and how it's more integral into the story as opposed to like here's a puzzle box, it does something and then boom, the Cenobites come out. Yeah. This one, it's <laughs> like oh, here's a puzzle box and each. Um, particular position of the puzzle box means something special Honestly, or something particular. That is what drove the story forward for me. Mm. The the puzzle box, um, in how it like cuts people mm. and like yeah, which which that's in the trailer. Yeah, that's yeah. in the trailer. But like, I I got anxiety every time that box did something. Yeah, exactly. It it it, it added a level of like. Oh shit! Like as opposed to like, oh they turn, they might turn it. And this is like, oh no, they turn it. Guess what? The it cuts you, and it's for a particular reason. Well, it cuts yeah. You. Um, what did you think of? You kind of touched up on it a little bit, but what did you think about the Cenobite design, the the creature, the creature design? I really actually liked it because it it does this thing where it like actually shows the flesh in a certain way Mm -hmm. like like the skin is folded or whatever like and it looks like it's really painful but also like it it's funny because of how the cenobites are like um like pain is pleasure or whatever Mm. i feel like the the costume design really screams that like you would almost Mm. find some of the way that they're Obviously not really in real life, but it's almost like you could go to like a BDSM and party and like see that shit. Yeah, and and yeah, because it, it does it does something different. Um, 
as opposed to like the the 87 version which is like oh they're wearing like leather mm-hmm. and you kind of see like bits of like bits of their body parts or like oh their faces looks like kind of fucked up and everything yeah it tries to be like a little bit more grotesque yeah yeah where this one it's it's very um integral to like the the pain and the the pain that they go through or the what these monsters are and stuff like that mm-hmm. which um i also enjoyed I was I, I honestly I was hoping I I, ha- I hadn't looked but I, I was actually thinking about like oh I wouldn't mind watching videos as like somebody like exploring like this is what the creature is and this is why they have this and kind of break down the body and stuff like that mm-hmm. like the design um, which I got I got that that's a definite like plus on my end when it comes to like the creature design for me too um, <laughs> the acting the acting is kind of I don't say it's laughable. But yeah, it's nothing special. I I did enjoy. I think it is kind of laughable. Really? Well, the Matthew character is laughable. That Matthew character is garbage. Like other than like that person actually being garbage. Like I was like, yo, dude, why why are you in this movie? Like, Colin Colin's not that bad. He is a little mm-hmm. bit on the like. He's a little bit on the like teeny drama, teeny bopper drama side mm-hmm. where like you'd find probably find him in like pretty little liars or something yeah he actually kind of reminded me of um i'm trying to find what's that what's that one actor in that pokemon movie and the detective brock? Pi- oh no 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 not the character brock uh he's in the De- detective pikachu uh justice smith he kind of looked like justice smith Oh. So a couple of times I was looking at him thinking like that was the same character or that was the same actor. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't. Um, Not all people of, you know, that color look the same, Mark. What color? Whatever color he is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I didn't want to assume his nationality. I know, right? Uh, I did like, how do you say your name? Odessa Azion? I said Azion, but I don't Azion? know if that's right. So let's just say Odessa Azion. I did like her. And I did like how they gave that character Riley something to do. Like, I mean, that she's she is like the main character, but like they made her proactive as opposed to reactive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she was still kind of reactive. Yeah, kind of. But like, she was less like, oh, what's going on? She was like, no, we gotta like find out like what the fuck's going on with all this shit. You know, we gotta. Mm-hmm. I know what happened to my brother. We got to go and get into this type of details and stuff like that. Even though it's kind of make the situation worse. But, you know, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have a movie if, if, it, if that didn't happen. Um, what do you think about Jimmy Clayton as the, the priest, as the hell priest? I don't think that required any acting. I think so. Really? Yeah. Like, there's something different with, like, Pinhead. Like... So out of like, out of like the famous horror monsters that came out of like the late seventies and early eighties, let's just say like the top, which is like Jason, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, uh, Michael Myers, and then we'll throw like Chucky in there, right? They all have like a certain type of personality. Jason, Jason, you, Jason, and Michael Myers, you can kind of switch them both. They're both like the silent killer, right? Somehow they're super fast, like they get from point A to point B, like. What's it called? Fast travel. They fast travel their shit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Freddy Krueger is like deadly, but like wisecracking mm-hmm. and all that kind of shit with these like corny puns and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Chucky is just like this wild ass, like I'm just gonna murder fucking everybody, you know? That he's kind like of the, thing. the baby zombies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Minecraft. yeah, exactly, right? He kind of <laughs> reminds me of uh, 
I don't know if you remember, but he reminds me of the of the zombie baby from Dead Alive. If you remember the zombie baby, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's kind of like that, right? <laughs> With Pinhead, Pinhead is like cool and like intelligent. Like the shit he says, you know, like we're gonna tear, we'll tell you, tear your soul apart, you know. Um, we got such sights to show you and stuff like that. Like this really like dark melodic thinking like creature, right? Um, and so you got to have like a type of like stoic personality to be like, yes, like we're gonna eat your soul, but and 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 to sell it. Like even how I said eat your soul sounds, it's kind of laughable. Uh. But for someone to say that, that's like Jamie Clayton or or uh, Doug Bradley who played the original Pinhead. You have to have a certain type of like. I think I think you shake your head like no no no. I think you do. I think there's so much makeup on their face uh-huh. that they don't ha- they can hide behind that. They don't have to really act, and it's real easy to be like seeing something kind of monotone. You're not moving. You're not like like saying anything with any inflection in your voice. Mm, so they're just there's talking. Some, some type of inflection, like. Like, okay, if, like, for example, like, when Jamie Clayton says, like, we have such sights to show you, you know, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I actually got chills when she said that, because I was like, okay, I want more of this. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I I really enjoyed I, Jamie Clayton as, uh, as uh, the priest. Yeah. But I'm not going to say that it really took anything special to do it. Really? Mm. All right, I, th- I think I think I think you have to be special to do it. But you know what? If you don't if you don't say it, if you don't see it that way, then, then obviously, that just means that means you're the wrong. listener has to watch it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and find out for themselves. Exactly, exactly. Um, all right, you want to hop into the spoiler section? Yes. All right, so yeah, we're gonna get to the spoiler section, and we're gonna talk in great lengths about. Uh, 2022's Hellraiser. Um, so, for those who don't want to be spoiled, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. You know, there's one thing I gotta mention. I hate this. And it's loud when you press it. Like, wait. Oh, there I fixed it. It was like this creaking sound every time I press it. So it was like, oh, here's your spoiler bumper. And then you hear, <laughs> the, you hear the bumper. Nice. Um, okay. So this, one of the things I don't like about this movie is there is a lot of exposition dumps. Like mm-hmm. a lot of it. Yeah. That is not I, I, I think it's poorly done yeah I think so mm. I, I I have a problem with the the way that Riley is sort of drawn into mm. this world yeah like her you know quote unquote love interest yeah is like hey let's go do this one this job together yeah let's 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 rob this warehouse where there's no security and i happen to know the code yeah and like i felt like she was too good for that um, she didn't sell hmm. addiction well enough for me 
Okay. Are you saying like in term like she didn't sell like th- maybe the writer didn't sell it or the acting didn't sell it? The writer. You? Okay. Okay. I can. Yeah, I can. I can get that. Um, like, and I think yeah. they wrote it out of order. Oh, like the scenes and shit. Like maybe I. Prob- I think that they that her and her brother should have had that huge fight first. Then yeah. she would have been like, "I have no fucking money. What am I gonna do?" If this is going to be as big of a payoff as you said, maybe then I'll go do it. Yeah, yeah. Not so, like, oh, I'm going to go do this thing and then I'm going to get into a fight with my brother. And yeah, then, I'm going to drink. I'm going to get drunk and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, then it just makes her seem whiny and like a fucking brat. I see that. Yeah. Like maybe if the scenes were kind of flipped around, I think it would have probably worked a lot better the, the between the fight and then her uh, going with her boyfriend to go rob the place. Yeah. If, mm-hmm. if one, if that scene was, if the fight. So what you so what you're saying like if the fight played out first and mm-hmm. then okay and then the robbery scene yeah okay I totally agree with you with that yeah I think it would have helped flow a little bit better and it would gave more of a, a more not that's a maybe something could have happened where like she could have like came back or something like that with a box and then another fight or she or like maybe he's like she's getting her stuff to like get the fuck out and then he like goes after her you know um, and then the whole thing kind of like happens the whole unleashing the box and all that kind of shit could have happened mm-hmm. i think yeah you're right i think it would have like helped it the movie flow a little bit better because i remember watching that film off like while checking it out yeah i felt like the writing in the beginning wasn't that great too not mm-hmm. just because of that but because of her brother and his boyfriend and like their chemistry wasn't quite right like mm-hmm. not just those two together but all the friends like it seemed like they were all strangers that were told to play a part yeah i didn't feel like genuine connection between anybody i can see that yeah um and then i i will admit that like while i did i did see that at the earlier in the movie but it when they started kind of like try to solve the mystery it got I, better yeah the writing seemed to have gotten better and i think and then i think that's bef- i think that's because the writing duo of Ben Collins and Luke uh, Barotsky, um, they gave him something to do. Mm-hmm. They're like, all right, we're going to be able to move the story forward because now they have solved this mystery. She has to find her brother. You know, what's the, what's, what's the history of like the, the previous owner of the, of the box. And they're going to have to grow. Yeah. It seemed like they were like stunted. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, what did you think about the villain though? Um, let me let me find out what the dude's name. But the guy who the, played uh, the the million the billionaire philanthropist. Uh, I thought the actor was okay. I thought the character himself was cheesy as fuck. Yeah, uh, Goran Vinsky Vinsnik, uh, who played Voight. His his character was very like mustache twirling in a way. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Um, and then he's like, "Oh, they burned me once with this contraption. Let me see if they'll help me again." Yeah, it's and like, they're not going to burn me a second time. Yeah, like seriously, it's like fool me once. What's it called? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But the guy was just like, "No, they're definitely going to do it. <laughs> they're definitely going to say what I say because that shit was so stupid. Like how how he was like." I, I thought I thought the design was cool how they did this because I was I was very curious about the part when they were getting to the house the guys like 
big ass mansion mm. and i was like why is there like all these bars there and stuff like that right mm. it looked cool right mm-hmm. like from an architectural standpoint it looked cool okay then like come to find out it was like a prison mm-hmm. right but i was like but how does that work i'm not understanding how is that a prison other than that it's just bars these are like creatures who are like from some like alternate hell dimension mm-hmm. with like these incredible powers yeah how does that stop how does these bars stop them especially because like in the original movie mm-hmm. nothing stopped them no nothing stopped them they were they could just pop into a room yeah they were like oh you open the box but guess what you're fucked like that's it like yeah. no events about you're fucked <laughs> i have to tell you something hmm. so remember when the the bad guy void mm-hmm. yeah has that uh that gold contraption in his chest yeah guess what it made me think of to what wild wild west <laughs> <sighs> and we're back to wild wild west holy <laughs> shit so he's so look i think anything steampunk esque <laughs> it's just gonna remind you of wild wild west like yes <laughs> literally anything steampunk reminds me of wild wild west oh my god i hope because i think that's the first time i ever experienced steampunk what's <laughs> that doesn't exist on the east coast that's yeah that's true okay that's true we're like okay because like right now you can right now you can watch anything you can find almost anything online that's like steampunk you can type in steampunk website main website and like 15 websites will show up so i can, I can and then after I can, that i, I only that. ever saw it on etsy like <laughs> i can get that i can get that <laughs> um okay so the um what, what did you think about like the whole mystery of it do you think i i i, th- I think it worked i think it worked for in the context of this movie this like now like I like with the like with the original Hellraiser, it's like a very slow burn and more an examination on like the desire of man and like human nature. And human nature. This one is just like we got to solve the mystery of the box, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's I think it's more for a mass audience. Um, even though like the even though the the original Hellraiser was actually a, a success uh, in terms of like box office gross, and obviously there was like sequels that came out later. Mm-hmm. But I think with today's audience, who's like tension span is about the short as a tiktok video mm-hmm. i think it worked well for for now i think so too mm. um i do wish though that they made the movie better i you know what mm. let's talk about favorite scenes okay sure sure because i think there were some things that were really really great okay namely not just the character design which we already talked about mm-hmm. but um the way the rooms morphed. Oh, yeah, I thought that was actually pretty cool. I like the, I really actually like the fact that like, they're trying, the way how they're like, they're trying to capture the, the people who are now marked by the box, who are like cut and marked. Um, I thought it was actually pretty cool how like, it shows like, you cannot escape them like whatsoever, right? Um, <laughs> Which with- reminds me, like if they're able to morph rooms and shit, mm-hmm. like, like, they're in a van. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like I, that's the second scene I wanted to say that I really like. They're in a van. Yeah. And the person's was... going further and further away from like them arguing in the front seat. Yeah. And like, like 
You mean to tell me that metal bars are going to stop them? I know. What right? the I, fuck? And I, that's, that's, that's the thing. I was just going to mention that. It's, it's, I, I like that fan scene because they're in motion. They're in constant motion. You know, they're trying to get away. And the Cenobites are like, they're like, nah, we're still going to get your ass. We're just going to alter your reality and bring you into our dimension. Yeah. Which I thought was actually pretty bad. Now, see, that scene where, like, they were, like, <clears throat> they were in, like, it looked like a hallway, like a corridor. Mm-hmm. Which my under, from my understanding, that's the maze where the Leviathan is at. That's that giant uh, crystal-looking thing. It's called the Leviathan. That's their god. Oh, Leviathan. Yeah, yeah, Levi- Leviathan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, they're in the maze. They're in the maze, and where it's above them. That at that particular scene, that had to be probably one of my favorite scenes because that I was like, that's Hellraiser. That's the dirty, grimy, like disgusting nature of it that I want. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, even like she was when the Nora character played by uh, Alafi Hines. I mean, sorry, Alafi Hines. Um, when she was like getting her skin pulled and everything, mm-hmm. I was like, Ugh, like grossed out by that. I thought it looked cheesy. Did, did it really? Yeah, because the skin ripped in a way that it looked like rubber. Uh, okay. And there wasn't enough blood mm-hmm. for the like. If you're ripping skin like that, you're going to yeah. see blood and flesh and stuff. That's true. I, it was too clean still. Yeah. Uh, so I, it was almost like the... It, it, was, it was clean. To, but to my, for my taste, it wasn't... You said it was too clean. I'd say, um, on my side, i say it was clean, but like it was just hitting the mark of like, okay, cool. This is it. This is I need more more of this this is the type of hellraiser i'm looking for to me it was like when they show like i want like watching like the vet shows Mm -hmm. and like earlier on in some of them when they were just bringing them to tv yeah um it's like when they show different scenes with blood but they make it black and white oh yeah to me that's what that was it was like Uh, you get the disturbing nature of it just by it being hooks and flesh yeah without the blood like mm. so we don't we want to be disturbing but not too disturbing oh okay i got you yeah we want to gross you out, but we won't we don't want to really gross you out yeah um which i think it's probably okay it was okay i i think that's where like i think that's where like practical effects really come in mm. and um obviously like in the 87 one like they there's no cgi so they have to use all practical effects and i think like that would have really helped out more more so in this movie, but I'm sh- I, I'm sure like the budget wasn't as great as it should have been. Probably, yeah. So there obviously the, like 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 there's that part where like the chains come out of the out of Riley's chest, like in the in the in the playground scene, mm-hmm. and clearly it was like wow that's CGI ass, fuck. <laughs> like I don't need I don't need to like literally come out of her chest, but I gotta make it look. You gotta make it. You gotta clean up just a little bit to make it look better. Yeah. Um. So. What was you? You said, uh, "Is there another favorite scene that you that you had?" No, <laughs> like that. No, <laughs> I really. Well, it's it just really surrounded the the rooms. Mm. I will say that I really liked that one actress um, who played the lady who was in the hospital. Uh, Hime Hime Abbas. I was like, where the fuck do I know her from? She's in Rami. Yeah, I know. She was in Rami, but then Mm. I saw she was in other things, too. Yeah, she's also, she's also, like, the wife in succession. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Which she, she, unfortunately, hasn't been in it enough. Uh, She's been in a bunch of other stuff. She was in Blade Runner 2049. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
Munich. I know. I don't think you've seen. That. Oh, and she's in the old man too. Mm-hmm. That's right. She's in the old man, which we'll be talking about in our try this not that segment. Um, Insidious Five too. Mm. Nice, nice, nice. So I really like her. I think she's fucking badass. Like as an actress, because she can play someone who's like trying to assimilate into American culture mm-hmm. and kind of clumsy at it. And then all of a sudden you're terrified of her because you know that she's fucking evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though like they try to like give her character like a, re- a redeeming quality when she's trying to like, un- she's trying to get, get rid of the box. Mm-hmm. And of course here comes Riley just fucking up things and then makes the box all cut her up and shit like that. Marks her and everything. Mm. Um, I do, I do like how, how the hell priest or the priest, like, opens like make like has Riley get her hand cut on the box and is like, oh, you're marked now. So guess what? You got to make the choice. Mm-hmm. Which I think it would have been better explored if done better. Essentially, like, yeah. like, like it's it's so weird how. Like they do this cool thing with it, where she, with like where the priest is like choose choose the next victim, choose the next person who's gonna be in the box and stuff, or who's gonna be choose since they choose our next victim, right? Mm-hmm. And like there's this moment, there's that moment where like they're pinned up against the gate and one of the Cenobites is chasing them, mm-hmm. and they're pinned up against the gate. And like my mind is like, oh, she's gonna like stab Matthew with it. Holy shit, that's gonna be that's pretty fucked up. And she like stabs one of the Cenobites. <laughs> And the priest is kind of like, uh, <laughs> she doesn't do it, but you can kind of do like a shrug, like, all right, she made a choice. Like that. <laughs> and then one sent I was like, all right, I'm chosen. And I die. <laughs> <laughs> Which to me is like, how do you die again? Yeah, how do, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you've already been chosen into that life and you know that they turn you. Uh, or, you know, or they can turn you. And so you've obviously gone through that path already. Yeah, you. So are, what are they gonna do? Kill you again? Yeah, and you already like the pain because you're like one of the Cenobites. Yeah. Um, so or maybe they're like, yeah, <laughs> stab me again. <laughs> so um, one of the, I one of the things that I think people were curious about, and I haven't I haven't seen any comments of it, but then again, I mean before we started recording, I haven't really seen any comments from Doug Bradley, who was who is the original Pinhead. Um, there's another actor who plays Pinhead in a, in a later Hellraiser movie, but I don't, I didn't get that person's name. Um, you know, and to, to ask like his opinion on Jamie Clayton as this, this version of Pinhead. Um, and apparently he had went on Twitter and said, I'm a bit blown away, blown away by this, the clever redesign of the makeup and the shimmer of the Pinheads, the palette, uh, whatever the keyhole locket, uh, tracheotomy, tracheotomy thing is at the um thing is at the throat it is simple subtle disturbing and sexy everything should be everything it should be peace pain and it's it and doug from doug i guess peace and pain doug peace and pain doug (laughs) that's how i'm gonna end my emails now peace (laughs) and pain mark (laughs) (laughs) so so doug bradley's like yeah i like the design like it's cool i totally dig it and i i like the design too i i i I would like to see a sequel, a continuation of this, um, mainly because it's so stupid. How like they saw they solve the mystery, 
she has the puzzle box. And what does she do? She just like leaves it on the floor in the mansion. Yeah, I thought it was stupid as fuck. Yeah, I just leave it there. So I want somebody else to find it now. I want another. I want to see what happens next. It's probably it could probably turn into a fucking franchise like Scream Dead. And then yeah. now they're like adults and they're trying to help these younger generation kids. Like, yeah, there's like another Scream coming out. There's like Scream. I gave up. I I'm not a I'm not much of a Scream fan. Like I've seen some of the movies. They just. If you don't scare me with your first one, then I just don't care. I, and, and I think that's another reason why I never found Chucky scary at all. Because mm. it's just this dull, boom, like, punt this thing, right? And I just never got into the whole Scream franchise. So that's why I'm just like, whatever on it. Yeah. Um, I am I am about that Pinhead franchise, though. I do like me some Hellraiser. I think the priest is your next girlfriend. Yeah, she's she's kind of cute. To take them pin outs. <laughs> Just take some pin outs? Yeah, take some pin outs. Take them pins out. <laughs> Use it to pierce your nipple. Ow. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so all in all, do you think people should check this one out? Yes. I fully endorse that. Agree with that. Should definitely check that out. Or check out. Check 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 this one out. Check out this yeah, Hellraiser version. Yeah, make your version. own choice. Yeah, but... Check it out. It's worth check, it. Check, check, check it out. War, 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 war. What's it all about? All right, what we got next? Next, we're going to do our variety time. Our private, not that segment, is us telling you to try this or not that. The end. Uh, <laughs> the end. Uh, so, what do we got? Oh, I'm up. Uh, Let's do one and one. All right, all right. So, uh, you know, we've been off for about a, a week or so. Uh, so, we got quite a few things we've been checking out. Um, uh, for me, uh, I've been watching uh, Ab- Abbott Elementary, which is on NBC. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes the formula that the office may popular which is like here's a film crew documenting the day in the life of such and such you know mm-hmm. um office did it to a great success uh parks and rec did it to great success as well i i know there's been like other shows like imitations or kind of feels to it like um modern family is another successful story um but i've never been a fan of the office because it was too cringy like some of the jokes was too like cringeworthy and shit but like it was that. dry i did the thing i like dry humor but like i don't know some of it like it was just annoying to watch like i, I just never got it i've seen a few episodes i just never got into it yeah parks and rec was a little bit a bit more tamed and they took the formula of the office and then kind of like ran in a different direction with it mm-hmm. but i i seen enough to like enjoy that show so i've been watching abbott elementary it does the, the thing but what happens is that it's less cringy and it follows these teachers in a school in Philadelphia in a, I guess you can kind of say maybe like an inner city or public school. Mm-hmm. Um, so the cast is like predominantly black. There's like two white people mm-hmm. in, the, in, in the cast, you know, and they're teachers and everything. Um, I like it. I like it because it's like it's it's a real good palate cleanser, especially like if I'm watching something depressing or like dark as fuck like Hellraiser. Watch Abbott Elementary. 
I'm good. Like, like, and I've been going through these episodes um, fairly quickly. Like, I'm knocking out maybe like two or three episodes at a time. And the episodes are like 30 minutes long. Well, with commercials, they're like 30 minutes. Without commercials, they're like 25, between like 20 and 25 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let me, let me, if I remember correctly, the showrunner is uh, Quinta uh, Brunson. She was part of this group called Black Lady Sketch Show mm-hmm. for like a season. And then she left to go start this. Oh. And this is like a huge successful show. She's like the showrunner. She's the creator and the showrunner of Abbott Elementary. And I've been enjoying it like a whole lot. I know you've seen like a few episodes with me. And I did like it. Yeah, you've liked it as well. It's 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 something good and wholesome just to like check it out. Um, still in the first season. There's a second season that's airing now. Um but like I said, I'm taking it like bit by bit because I don't want to rush through all of them because then, then I'm going to be like, all right. What and then you watch? can't like, it's better too with stuff like that that's short to mm-hmm. like let it soak in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so what you've been checking out? The Old Man on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Hulu? Hulu. Okay. couple things. Everyone who talks about this show says it's good. Mm-hmm. Well, when they first start watching it, they say, eh, I don't know. Then they and I, start. And I was one of them. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then they start watching and they're like, okay, I like this show. Mm. I'm different. <laughs> I started liking it immediately. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like, oh my God, he has dementia. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just keeps going. Um, the girl from Search Party is in it. Yes. Uh, her name is Allie uh, Shawcat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and, and and to correct what I said, Old Man is on Hulu, but it's an FX production. Right. Serious. Okay. Um, okay, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Also, one of the guys in the show, um, he's like that tall, dark, and handsome guy who's like, um, like, kind of leading operations oh john lithgow no not not him he's not tall dark and handsome the other guy the one who's suspicious of him oh uh ej uh Bonoli. that's he plays raymond waters yeah okay i recognized him immediately okay what well, he played a role in guiding light oh look it's right th- that what so what's what's guiding light again it was a soap opera. It was the longest running soap opera until it got canceled. It also used um, like hand cams and went to like real locations wow. and shit. 1952? Yeah. Damn. So it went from 1952 to 2009. It started on the radio. Oh, that's the show you used to watch because your homeboy used to be part of that show. Um, he was in the first season of Iron Fist. He played the brother. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, no, wait, no. Wait. Yeah, Ward. Is it Ward? Mm-hmm. Okay, and he... And he was in um, And he showed up in Ozark. Ozark. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, because I remember you would talk about the show. Okay, yeah. all right, go on. So anyways, yeah, he played Rafe in Guiding Light. His name was Rafe. Ah, uh, okay. All right, all right. So so you've been enjoying The Old Man. Uh-huh. I, I remember I kind of turned you on to the show, but when I started watching it, I wasn't feeling it because... Um, Jeff Bridges, he's in this phase where he's like kind of just talking like this, like his his Rooster Codburn uh, persona from 
uh, True Grit, mm-hmm. like this kind of like old retired cowboy individual who's also a bounty hunter. Like he kind of talks like that. I just think he looks like Josh Brolin, and he sounds like him. He yeah. has the jaw. Yeah, and I, I wasn't really feeling it, but I gave it another shot. I think I like went back to the first episode, or maybe like I continued on from the second episode, and that's why I was like, all right, all right, I'm feeling it. And as as the show progressed, it got better and better and better. And it was like, oh, here's a mystery, but guess what? We're going to resolve it because we've got to move the story forward. And we got to keep it interesting and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And um, Amy Brenneman is in it. You keep mentioning her. That's, mm-hmm. that's the one you keep mentioning. Like, whenever. I don't know why I like her so much, but I do. Yeah. She was in that movie that you really liked. Uh, that old movie with um, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro in it. Oh, fucking Heat, right? Yeah. No, not, it's not called fucking Heat, but Heat. <laughs> <laughs> she was in Heat. She was also yeah. in um, The Leftovers. Yeah, she played the mother. Yeah. Yeah, the mother slash wife. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, that's right. Um, didn't she, wasn't she part of like some courtroom drama yeah, show? Yeah, it was called Judging Amy. Jesus Christ. Oh, it, were just I think like, it was on USA or T- TNT. I think, it was, I think it was TNT. You were just like a huge... Just admit it, you're a huge Amy Brenneman fan. I am. Just say it. I am. Just say it. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> okay, so, old man, right? Uh, have, you, have you finished it? No. All right. You're going to like it where it goes. Because by the time it got season two, I mean not season two. It's it's I'm sorry. It's season one. There is a season two. It's actually based off of, off a book. They're following the book pretty well, from what I read. Except they've changed. They've obviously changed. Made some things change up with the story. Um, but the second season, there's no other book. So like the second season is kind of like they're gonna new have territory. New territory. But I like how the season ended because I'm like, all right, where are they gonna go with this? Because this is like a serious fucking twist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I got to check out uh, Weird, the Al Yankovic story. This is the biopic on Weird Al Yankovic, um, who's known worldwide as like this parody artist. He's actually done his own his own original material as well. Um, I was able to check this out at Beyond Fest. Uh, it was the West Coast West. I think it was the West Coast premiere, or it might have been the world premiere. I'm not 100% sure. No, I, I take that back. It was the West Coast premiere because they had the world premiere at Fantastic Fest in Texas. Um, so this is premiering on Roku Channel on November 4th. This biopic was fucking funny. Like, it was unbelievably hilarious. Um, they they bring in so many comedians to play, like, these certain roles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Jack Black shows up. Uh Paul Tompkins shows up. Scott Aukerman from Comedy Bang Bang shows up. Pat Oswalt shows up. Uh, Jonah Ray of the Nerdist like shows up. Like it's all these like comedians. Rain Wilson from The Office, coincidentally, is in there as doc- as a uh, Doctor Dementor. Um, I wonder what came first, Weird Out or Doctor Dementor? No. What? The movie, this movie, uh-huh. or Jonah Ray's wife as oh as Weird, Weird Out? I think oh, from what because. They had a Q and A following followed following this. Apparently, what happens? I didn't know this. There was a Weird Al biopic trailer like almost fifteen years ago that was done by Funny or Die, and the person who played Weird Al was uh, Aaron Paul, the guy who played Jesse Pinkman from from Breaking yeah. Bad. He played Weird Al, and it was so good 
that Weird Al would take this trailer with him on his tour. And whenever he had to do like the clothing change or costume change, they would play the trailer. <laughs> and people were like going up to Weird Al or I asked him like, so is the movie coming out? Like when is this like biopic coming out? Right. Mm-hmm. And it took him about 15 years to get this thing off the ground. Mm. So I would say that came first. And then Jono Ray's wife <laughs> dressed up as Weird Al came next. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's fun. And Daniel Radcliffe plays uh, Weird Al. Mm-hmm. Evan Rachel Wood plays Madonna. But like super villain Madonna, like mustache twirling villain Madonna. <laughs> um, but it was it was hilarious. You, the, you mean the Madonna that exists now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um I was wondering if I can tell if I should tell that story. Yeah, I'll tell that story. Fuck it. So when we were so it was it was myself and, and Meg, my girlfriend. Um we at, at to to make it special, people going there had to dress up as weird like they, they were like, Oh, there's gonna be like a weird out a weird out lookalike contest. So people walking in with Hawaiian shirts. Mm. This is the one time in my life I don't wear a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but like we were there, they had a contest, whatever. And um, I like I'm like hanging around. I'm hanging around there. Like I think I was about to. I think I was like in line to like get snacks or something like that. And I see this dude. He looks at me and I look at him and I'm like, Why does that dude look familiar? And he gives me the same look. Like Why does that dude look familiar? We don't say anything, but we give each other this look. Like I swear I know you from somewhere. Like and then I'm like, All right, whatever. I go. And then I get my I get my snacks. I sit down, and I realize it's his name is Steve Levy. And he is, he, he was Dan Harmon's handler on the night that we hung out with Dan Harmon and his friends. He was the one who like looked at us. He was like, who are, like, who are you people like hanging out with us? But he gave me this look like he didn't recognize me, which is, it's, it's understandable because I have a familiar face. Like there, there are other people who kind of look like me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's understandable why he would like kind of be like, I wonder if that's him or not. And um and i'm so the event's over walking out meg looks at him and because I, I remember i looked at him he looked at me again and then and then i turned my head and meg looks at him and meg goes hey that guy's looking at you like he knows you and i was like oh shit that is <laughs> <laughs> but i think it would have been a dead giveaway if, if you were there kelsey i think he would have put two and two together like oh fuck <laughs> um but other than that yeah the weird owl Yankovic, weird the Al Yankovic story. Uh, like I said, premiering on your Roku channel November fourth. I think you should. I people should definitely check it out because it's fucking hilarious. Yes. What else? So what else you got? Um, I watch a documentary on HBO called Atlanta's Missing and Murdered: The Lost Children. So this is based off the the Atlanta children murders, right? That happened in the eighties. Well, it's not based on it. It is it. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, it's a documentary. Yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, so one reason why I watched it was because I don't know anything about it except mm-hmm. what I saw in that one show that they kind of touch on it. Yeah. What's the show? Um, oh, uh, Mindhunter. Yeah, Mindhunter. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I was curious and I turned it on and then I was like, holy shit, there's so much stuff going on in here. And also like, I hate when documentaries, they'll do this thing where they're like, we're going to write it in such a way that you think this person is guilty. Mm-hmm. And then you feel bad because then they tell you all the reasons why he probably isn't. And this documentary does that? Yeah. Okay. 
That's why I was like, I don't know, he probably did it. And you're like, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And then and then I felt bad after, because especially because your responses were like, uh huh. Well, because because I I remember I remember listening to a podcast about these murders, and the guy did the same thing. He 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 brought up the evidence of why he was guilty, but he also said why he wasn't guilty. So when I was like when I was going like uh huh. It was kind of like I don't remember the case that well, but this is more recent. So maybe you see, maybe you saw something that I didn't see or something like that. Because I remember thinking like, yeah, he probably didn't do it. Yeah. Um, but I, but at the time you were just like, no, he did do it because X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And then obviously you changed your mind later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so what 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 is this on? HBO. HBO. Mm-hmm. They make good documentaries. Yeah, they do. Um, I say you put the patient on here. Yes, I did. You want to talk about that yeah, one? Yeah, let's talk about that one. Yes, I do. Uh, Steve Carell mm-hmm. and Donald Gleason. Donald Gleason. No, not Donald. Domnal. Domnal Gleason. <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, <laughs> it sucks. It's funny, but it's actually not funny. The louder Steve Carell screams, the mm-hmm. more he just sounds like he's sc- like singing really high pitched. Oh yeah, that's right. You <laughs> told me that, and I was like, "Holy shit, she's absolutely right on that." <laughs> yeah, because because I'm I'm watching this as well. I haven't watched the latest episode though. Is that seven or eight? Because I I, wa- I tried to watch another episode last night, mm-hmm. and I was like, only She Hulk came out with another episode. Um. Trying to remember where I left off. Uh, what's his name? This the killer is like. What 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 what's what's the patient about? We haven't even gotten into what it's about. The patient is about a Jewish, uh, like therapist, like he's an expert in his field, mm. um, who's going through some like personal pain of like, you know, some loss or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, you know, seeing patients as regular and one of his patients is a serial killer. Yeah. And he kidnaps him and makes him try to give him therapy in his basement. Yeah. It's a good, lovely story. Yeah. Um, at first when I started watching the show, I'm like, it's very, it's like they are immediately writing themselves into a corner because Mm -hmm. where can you go? You kind of already know what's going to happen. Yeah. But then as I'm watching it, it's like, yes, but no. <laughs> and you don't know exactly how things are going to happen. Um, and I wouldn't say it has the level of like like high stakes, like high anxiety with the way like, um, mm-hmm. what's that move, that show? Oh, uh, was it called Jailbreak? Prison or Break. Prison Break. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not like that. With the anxiety, but it's definitely, like, mm-hmm. it brings you into, like, personal trauma and, like, um, it really does bring a lot of, like, Judaism and, and their beliefs, like, into the show, too. Yeah. Like, I really wish that I knew someone, like, someone Jewish, like. Oh, to get, to, to really. To get their thoughts on it and to, like, mm. I don't know, like, they depict some things that I'm, like. I don't know enough about Judaism mm-hmm. to know if that's 
okay? Like, is it problematic, mm, or is it like? Okay. I I I think I think I know what you're referring to, and some of it yeah, some of it is intriguing, especially um, if you kind of want to delve more into like the issues that Steve Carell's character is going through, like kind of his question of faith and like how what's going on between him and uh, Donna. How do you say Domna? Domnal. Domnal Gleason's character and how it's like juxtaposed to like his issue with his son and how um, Steve Carell, if if I if my understanding, he was a Reformed Jew, he was Reformed Jewish, and his son is now an Orthodox Jewish, and there's like this disconnect between the two, mm-hmm. and how there's almost like a almost an exact disconnect between him and. His patient, the the serial killer, yeah, and how like he's trying to like he's trying to manage that, but also the issues that's that's prob that's going on in his mind, the issues he has to go through with that, right? Um, I like the show. I have um, there's there's an episode I haven't watched episode seven. That's okay. the latest one. And episode eight comes out by the time this episode is released. Um, but I'm enjoying the show myself. I just haven't um, watched the latest episode yet. Okay. Um. Also. Kelsey and I have checked out Atlanta. It's the final season. Um, two things. One, love it. Two, hate it. Why? Because it's the final season. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the fact this is the last season of the show. Maybe that's why I'm taking my time with it. Oh, really? Yeah. <sighs> maybe, maybe, I would say I'm, I'm doing that as well. And the reason why is look what your cat's doing. I know. He's like jumping around, like moving this thing around his mouth, like, Nyarrr! like you missed it. You know, it's one of his favorite toys, and it's the one that your daughter picked out. I'm like, of course, you would choose the fucking stuffed wine bottles. But those wine bottles have catnip in them, right? I don't know. Ah. I don't think so. <laughs> um, so, Atlanta, I think, like, I. Is it the best season? I don't know. I, I know once I'm done with this season, I'm going to be watching them all over again. But I'm loving every fucking episode. Especially, like, episode two was fucking hilarious. Mm. That was the one with, like, the... Oh, the lady? The lady, yeah. <laughs> that episode was so fucking good. Yeah. Um, But I'm doing the same thing as you are. Where, like... Like, the, last, the latest episode came out last week. I haven't touched it. Because I'm mm. like, I don't want it to end. I want the show to stick around. Yeah. Um, it's doing this thing where I, it's now combining the weird wackiness. Like, even like the first season of Atlanta was, like, weird and wacky, but, like, not to the extreme. And then when they got into the season when they're overseas, and it was, like, really fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. But, like, there was, like, this this thing of, like, it had, like, a hidden message or, like, these very thought-provoking episodes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now, I think they just took that and just carried it into Atlanta now. And now we're getting like an episode where it's like, it's kind of like, what the fuck's going on? And other like, okay, this shit is just pure hilarious. Yeah. So it's like a combination of like both from like that season and like the first season. Gotcha. Um, do you like the, do you like the, the final season of Atlanta so far? I <laughs> yes, like I, I, I do. Feel, okay. I feel like I have to go all the time with that one. <laughs> you did, but it's fine because everything you say, I'm thinking. Okay. Um, we've we've both checked out Andor, which is on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, no, are you actually, caught up on that one? Yes, but actually, you know what? Let's. I'm gonna stop there because 
you and I have some. You and I have different opinions on Andor. So let's okay. say that for the end. Um, for the not that I checked out this movie called The Visitor. It's a Blumhouse production film. It got released uh, this past Friday. It's not good. It's 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 predictable as fuck. Hmm. Uh, it's like a cross between like The Wicker Man and like Rosemary's Baby. Um, I know you've seen Rosemary's Baby, but you haven't seen The Wicker Man. No. Um, it stars. See, I didn't even bother trying to put the IMDb page because fuck that movie. <laughs> um, the Blum in the House. Yeah, it starts The Blum in the House. Uh, Finn Jones. Uh, he plays like this dude. He plays this British guy who like moves. He moves to like some podunk town in America, in the Midwest. Podunk? Yeah. Uh, you ever heard that? It's podunk. Oh, podunk. Whatever. It's <laughs> crap. Uh, <laughs> um, that podunk. Yeah, this podunk crap uh, with his wife. And like they find this painting. And the painting, oddly enough, the guy looks just like him in the painting. So he tries to he tries to unravel this mystery of why this dude looks like him. What's like these weird occurrences that are happening and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then it had, like I said, it has this very predictable ending that I clocked it, I think, maybe like 30 minutes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, acting's pretty atrocious i had watched it because uh i was interviewing the director and normally when i interview talent behind projects like especially projects that i like i tell them like i tell i tell them i like it right i never tell them i don't like it um so that one time with keanu reeves but <laughs> <laughs> that shit was hilarious um but like if i'm interviewing the person and if i don't tell them if i don't tell them i like it they can best assume that I didn't like it at all. Mm. Because even when I was doing the interview with this guy, I kind of didn't really want to talk to him. But mm. I had her agree, and I was like, all right. Matter of fact, I, I sought this person out thinking like this would be a good a good way to build a connection between the site and Blumhouse. Yeah. But it was not a good movie. I, I, give, I didn't give two shits about it. Mm. You want to hear about my not that? Yes. Dahmer. Monster. The Jeffrey Dahmer story. So I'm actually shocked by this because apparently everybody is enjoying this this series. So far, it's just a lot of him standing around being awkward as fuck. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, there there's like not enough of this guy. Mm-hmm. Like not enough. Uh, he can't keep the story going by himself. Oh, um, before I I forget. The Visitor, what I said it was released, it was released on VOD. That's I forgot to mention that. Uh, so Dahmer, Monster the Jeffrey Dahmer, this is what on Netflix, right? Yeah. So how many episodes are you in? I don't know, like two or three. And you're still not? You're still just like, meh? I'm meh on it because I'm like, he, you know what? He stands around so awkwardly. He just reminds me of Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> God, <laughs> trying like, to eat you. except that he doesn't talk like that Uh but he like he's toned back but he's like just a fucking lunk one of the things i heard about this show is that it's hard to watch because of how graphic it is it kind of um but i don't think i've gotten into all that yet Mm, okay i did see a scene where one person's completely terrified Uh and um i almost thought the police weren't gonna help him Mm, okay so it was like emotionally terrifying for me but like but i think just up until that point i'm like dude like this guy's so fucking weird (laughs) 
Do you know? Do you know about his murders? About like how fucked up they were? I don't really know a lot about him. All I know okay. is what people like kids would be like. Oh yeah, he made like lampshades out of people's skin. No, that was Ed Gang. Yeah, I know, but they got him confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dahmer would like do like some really fucked up shit. I think there was one story I I one story I heard that he had drilled into the into somebody's spine and had poured uh LSD directly into them into the spinal cord. Um also his crimes were uh I would say pretty fucking racist. Um and they targeted one they targeted minorities and two they tar- he targeted uh gay people mm. because he knew that um the cops wouldn't give two shits. But like, also because he had um like sexual um yeah like what's the word like like it was stuck in him he couldn't let it out or something he yeah. was he was gay but he was a closet gay yeah yeah um yeah like and some of the some of the stuff like some of the stuff i know that happens in the show i i think you haven't gotten to because i think if when you get to him you'll be like mark did that really happen and i'll just say right now yes <laughs> <laughs> Um, I probably shouldn't allow her to, but Cameron's watching the show. Oh, really? <laughs> Don't let her watch that show. Just stop before it gets bad. Yeah, just stop because that like <laughs> it's it's funny because like with Cadence, you can kind of go okay with that because Cadence, even though she's younger. <laughs> so, well, you know what? I take the back. Don't have Cadence watch it because that might get her ideas. ideas. <laughs> get her ideas. While Cameron is just will just be terrified. Cadence will be like interesting. Uh, is that, that all? It's beautiful. <laughs> is that what you, is that all you got for Dahmer? Yes. Okay. So lastly, on our try this, not that. Uh, back to Andor. Um, I've been watching Andor Disney on Disney Plus. Um, I've I've been enjoying it a whole lot. It's essentially the prequel before Rogue One. Uh, how the rebellion got put together and everything. It stars uh, Diego Luna as Cassian Andor. Um, Stellan Sarsgaard's in it as well. Uh, I've actually been enjoying this. This is like they're doing like some politics within the show, um, but there are there is like some decent action set pieces. Like in episode three, there's this really good action set piece that I thought was like phenomenal, um, but. It's like it's like doing the slow build up to like this heist, this like big heist mm. that I can't wait to see. My it might show up either in the next episode or the episode after that, but I've been having a blast watching this show. I could give kind of two shits about the show. How many ha, are you caught up? No, oh, I <laughs> I watched two episodes and I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Watch episode three. Watch episode three, and if you don't like it, then just just give up on it then, and then I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Well, I've already kind of tell you, like, I like it. So I think you should you should give at least I episode have it, three. I just have an issue, too, with, like, Diego Luna's character and the female that he's friends with that's, mm-hmm. like, could be a little bit more, could not be. Mm-hmm. And, like, her boyfriend. And to me, it's just all written a little bit, like, Pretty Little Liars-ish. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, like, a little bit too elementary. Um... The uh, Adria Ajano, who plays Bix, that's who you want to refer to, and the boyfriend, 
whose name I do not know which one because he's his face is so all over the place. Um, oh, Alistair. Alistair uh, McKenzie, who played Perrin. Um, give it a... G- go to episode three. Watch episode three. Just watch... Wait, just Look, each episode is like, what? 35 to 45 minutes. 35 to 45 minutes, then I could be doing lamenting my life. Really? I'm just kidding. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get that brooding time in. That brooding time? Yes. It Why? cuts into my brooding time. Oh, okay. <laughs> are you saying are you saying Andor is not brooding enough for you to kind of you can't mix up the two for the for the brooding? No, because watching Andor mm-hmm. makes me brood too much and then <laughs> then I'm over brooding. And then I'll turn into Batman. do our geriatric cinematic of Clive Barker's Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Beyond any terror you have imagined. A nightmare. Unlike anything you have witnessed. Is born. Because within these walls the unholy is unleashed. This film came out in 1987, and the synopsis is a woman discovers the newly resurrected, partially formed body of her brother-in-law. She starts killing for him to revitalize his body so he can escape the demonic beings that are pursuing him. Written and directed by Clive Barker, it stars Andrew Robinson, Claire Higgins, Ashley Lawrence, and Doug Bradley. Hellraiser. Oof, this is a good family romp. I remember... Mm-hmm. I remember my mom sitting me down on a Sunday evening, like, Mark, you want to watch Hellraiser? I don't know why she's talking like that. Because she's already 90. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, sure, mom. She's like, okay, here we go. And then she pressed play. Yeah. And it was a lesson in why you should choose God over over the devil. Or or the God of pain. Anyway. um, Yeah. this, this This is actually one of the horror franchises that I was following religiously. I mean, no pun intended. Um, pun intended. Yeah, okay, pun intended. We'll go with that. <laughs> um, I remember I, I remember liking this one. I think I like the second one a little bit more, too, because I think the second one got a bigger budget. Um, but I followed, I had watched I had watched, I think, up until like four or five and then I kind of like fell out. Uh, because like they just got progressively worse over time, mm. um, but even though like I I still love Hellraiser, you know, no one gives a shit about my opinion. The most important thing is what does Kelsey think about it? I... Not her, not my opinion, but what does she think about the movie? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't quite know. I think I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's kind of funny having seen the newer one. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like a really cheap production compared to that one. 
To the newer one? Yeah. Well, yeah, the newer one obviously got a much bigger budget. I think this one, I think the budget was like a million dollars. Mm. Um, which is really not a lot when you think of all the practical effects. Exactly, right? It, like they really And how much it cost to make film back then because it was all on film and that was expensive. Yeah, and this was like, this was from like a director who only directed like two shorts. Mm. Like Clive Barker was like, I'm going to make this movie, no ifs, ands, or buts. I think I did, for the most part, I did like it. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of my big, my biggest takeaways on why I liked it was mm-hmm. um, Larry, uh, Andrew Robinson, did an amazing job being the, the nice guy. Yeah. And who's kind of boring and then being absolutely fucking terrifying. Oh, near the end where, like, obviously the brother is now Larry and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like, it was... Ugh, it was like so fucking creepy how he was just able to turn that switch and be like this like monster mm-hmm. um so there was that mm-hmm. um julia i really hey you know i i felt like she was cool but i felt like she she didn't have she was a means to an end and i wish she was i mm-hmm. i wish she wasn't just that I can I can definitely see that, yeah. Because she was such a great character. Yeah, yeah. Claire Higgins does that does the Julia character pretty well. Um, I also think she looks like the female David Bowie. Oh, I can definitely see that. Or at least she kind she was rocking that Ghostbusters Zool style haircut. Yeah, which I think it worked well, especially for that era. Yeah. Um, yeah, she she really it's it's so funny because like she. She it seemed like she had like one mode and it was kind of be like seductive but like grumpy grumpy yeah like grumpy seductive kind of like personality that she was rocking. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like her interaction between her and um, Frank the Monster. Uh, Frank the Monster was actually played by Oliver Smith, um, but like the chemistry between the two and how like how like grotesque she is. And then she is how how Frank the Monster is, and how she's just like ugh, but then she like starts like being turned on by it, mm-hmm. um, which one is very disgusting, but two I think it works really well. <laughs> I, it, it, I disagree with that. Really, um, she seems very um, fake, mm-hmm. like um, not oh vain. Vain, okay. She seems vain to me, and like she doesn't. She's like a like surface level, and mm. so like I can't, I can't picture her character being like, yeah, I want to be with this guy who's clearly not just a bad guy, but also like, look at him, he's disgusting. He doesn't even have his skin. Like mm. he's just like a bloody blob right now. Like. I would think that she would find that so disgusting she'd be completely turned off. Just because of, mm. like, how, like, careless her character is. That's the thing. I don't think she's... I don't think she was turned off by it. I mean, obviously, because, like... Well, maybe because I'm looking at a, at a surface level of her, like, bringing in these guys to be, like, Frank the Monster's, like, next victim so he can, like, drink their blood or... You know, do whatever to like, kind of like reform his skin or something like that. It was to me, to me, it was convincing. But obviously, I think you saw maybe like a deeper level of it where she, like you said, she was more vain. 
I think she was vain, but I'm I'm saying she did mm-hmm. do those things. Mm-hmm. I just feel like the writing, in a mm-hmm. way, was like. Like, you wouldn't expect that from her character. Okay. Because because of how vain she is. Okay, I get you. Yeah, so she did it, but I'm like, but why would she do that? I get you. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Like, it was more, like, you can tell, like, Clive Barker, you know, he he wrote this script. I don't know how much of the book he, like, adapted to, like, to put it towards the movie and see how it worked well with it. But it's, it's kind of funny. He does write it, like, strictly from, like, a male perspective. Yeah. Um, which can be like a disservice to the Julia character. Um, I think it gets better explored in the second movie because I believe in the second one she's more of the villain. Mm. Um, so it's more, it, it, it allows Claire Higgins, I think Claire Higgins picked, played her a second time, um, but it allows the Julia character to be more, you get more into the character's head and stuff like that. Mm. Um <laughs> What did you think about uh, uh, Christy, uh, played by Alice Ashley Lawrence? Kirsty. Kirsty, yeah. Uh, I actually really liked her. I didn't because she's more just like ah, like that. Like for most of the movie, she's like ah, for a good portion, maybe until like the third act, where like I had mentioned in our Hellraiser portion of this po- of this episode, where. The character is more proactive than reactive. This girl is more reactive than anything. Yeah. But I guess I kind of came at it from a point of view of like, what the fuck would you do if Mm. you saw the things that she saw? Well, obviously, like, you know, want to be more proactive. You don't know how, but, you know, you want to do it. I don't know. I thought she Uh. did well enough where she's like, okay, this is definitely how someone would react. And then after... Now I'm gonna get involved. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I maybe because I'm thinking more of like about her in the in the first act where she was just kind of like almost like dumb in some in some certain situations, some scenes she seemed kind of dumb, kind of like whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was more when she actually got a hold of the box and she met like the cynop- the cenobites and everything like that. That I feel like her acting got better or her performance got better. I have a question for you. Sure. I haven't seen any of the Halloween movies. Okay. How did Jimmy Lee Curtis's uh, character in the very first Halloween movie uh-huh. behave? Very scream. Very like I. I very reactive. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, mm. I just think that's more realistic. Oh, okay, I got you. And then and then they build up to the. Like, okay, now I, I can't continue to be this way. I got to figure this shit out. Mm-hmm. So that's why I liked her, because she was more realistic, mm-hmm. and she didn't, like, she didn't flake. She, like, figured her shit out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she, even when she, even when she opened up the box and got to the, uh, got to the d- dimension, to the other dimension, she was being chased by that creature, and she, like, made it out. Yeah. And the Cenobites were like, hey, guess what? You opened the box. We own your ass now. She's like, no worries. There's somebody else. Somebody else. <laughs> and that to me, that's why I was just like, all right, I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me throw this dude under the bus because fuck that guy. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think I think when we get to the third act where shit starts like popping off, going wild. Mm-hmm. It's it's well, okay. Before I get that, 
I remember watching this movie and getting into the third act. I feel like the third act took longer when I, when I was remembering it. I was like, I felt like it, it took a it took like it needs like another like couple murders or something like that before before Frank becomes Larry. But obviously, my memory on it is is kind of poor. Hmm. Um, because almost the entire third act is like her trying to like get out of that fucking house because of how. Um, Frank now Larry is like come to daddy and everything. It's it's, it's so like ugh, and creepy like that 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 whole scene. And it's also one of those scenes where if it didn't happen, maybe you don't have a movie. But like realistically, mm. if he just fucking murdered her, that would have been a better service to him. Yeah. So like, why play with her a little bit when like. You don't know what's going to happen. I think because I think Glyde Barker was trying to like give the idea of the his of Frank's incestuous desires for his niece for his niece, even though like they kind of played with it a little bit throughout the movie. But the, it's it's so funny because like they they tease at least at least I was seeing the tease, and then. Later, they were like, all right, boom, let's, like, go full into it and stuff like that. Like, the whole, like, come to daddy part, right? Mm. Um, but the way how Frank the way how Frank is, uh, you would have swear that he's just trying to eat her. Probably. <laughs> I, I also kind of think, like, you know the Cenobites are coming after you. Yeah. Why are you doing all this shit to make it harder to get away? Like, Yeah, I know. Like, he's like, he, he's now... He's now Frank now has Larry's body. He's still and he's still hanging around the house. I know. Like he should like dip the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, what did you think of the creature design of, of the Cenobites? You know, I I think it was probably scary for its time. Mm, okay. Now I think it's maybe kind of dated, especially after having seen the new one. Mm-hmm. Um, I either wanted on either end of the spectrum, more artsy, but still kind of scary, like mm. the new one yeah, or absolutely terrifying. And I don't think it was really either, uh, the creature design or the, the just the movie in general, the creature design. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I would have to say, like, I think. Like, I think if you haven't watched a horror film and this is, like, your first one, I think it's, like, too, it might be too intense. I, I think it yeah. might actually be terrifying. But, you know, Kelsey, she's not she's not unfamiliar with horror films. She's watched, like, a number of horror films. And I've watched a ton of horror films. Well, so. like, mostly my mom and her then-husband mm-hmm. would watch Freddy and they didn't care that kids were awake. Yeah. And I was, like, five. <laughs> so I was terrified. Yeah. Um... Matter of fact, matter of fact, uh, Kelsey's youngest, Cadence, was watching this with us. Oh, yeah. And you were like, <laughs> yeah, uh, should she be watching this? Yeah, I paused like, that. I'm I was like, like, Cadence, do you want, are you okay watching this? She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, she's fine. Yeah. And at no point was she like, mommy, turn this off. Or she like, was laughing. Yeah. And which, which kind of was like, I don't want to say it killed the mood, but it was very like, yeah, some of this movie is actually kind of funny. Yeah, you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> this movie is like kind of ridiculous. Um, 
Yeah, some of so so the movie does look. The, I will admit the movie does look dated, but I kind of like how the fact it does look dated, like the the way how it was shot. Um, I, I but, think I do too because it adds a level of like that dirt and grime. Yeah, like you forget how brown everything was back at in those days, like in regular people's houses and shit. Yeah, like you think like everything smells like dust. Yeah, just dust and blood and and mold just all over the place like that room might smell like old cat pee or something yeah like that room that frank is in as he's like trying to grow back and everything at no point at no point larry go why does smell like copper everywhere now or like why does this room even exist i know why does it look like this yeah i have not gone in this no he went in the room once where it was like suppose there was like rats but i had a sense that they were coming back to the house like Mm-hmm. That was his house. Yeah, yeah. So he knew about that room. So either that room is different than what he remembers, uh-huh. or it's the same. In either way, like, what is the purpose of that really fucked up looking room? Storage, maybe? Maybe there was a fire and they just never rehabbed that room. Yeah, I know, right? That's what it looks like to me. <laughs> um... Or, you know, they were letting in the local druggies. Yeah, well, Frank was there, like, a lot just doing them drugs. Mm. Um, my, my opinion on the creature design is I still like how they look. I still, I still some of it, like, the, the female Cenobite, she, her makeup is kind of like poo-poo mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but there's the one who, like, I think they nicknamed him, like, chompers or chatter or something like that the one oh with the his, teeth. his is really good yeah i thought his was actually pretty badass i think his is better than the one in the new movie actually uh, he's a little bit more grotesque oh yeah i get you i get you um it to me it never i never get tired looking at pinhead i always liked it and and, and like as we discussed it kind of discussed it in the in the hellraiser section I like Doug Doug Bradley as Pinhead. I'm not saying he's like the quintessential Pinhead. Like you know, Jamie Clayton didn't like claim her own. I think the, I think Jamie Clay, Jamie Clayton did her version of it and did it really well. I think Doug Bradley does Pinhead and does his version very well. Um, especially like even just like the contacts in his eyes, they're like solid black, and something about that is like so soulless and like deadly looking. You know what? I think that's why I don't like it. Like because, I like the, the movie. The black eyes, or it's um, supernatural. I think probably bit mm. off a lot from Hellraiser. The way really because they have a lot of times where they use like the all black uh-huh. contacts and stuff. Whenever someone in that show gets possessed, really, they end okay. up with black eyes. Um, and like I, I almost mm. feel like that. Maybe that's why I feel like it's dated because sometimes um, supernatural feels dated to me because oh, it started okay. so early, like a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And so maybe that's why I feel it's like watching Charmed episodes from oh, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, and you're like, totally that's you. really fucking dated. I guess you. Okay, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Uh, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. And that's funny, too, because you were talking about the Leviathan, mm-hmm. and it immediately makes me think of Supernatural, because that was one of the times that I was actually scared of that show. Really? They Yeah, and it was like this black, like, demon thing that would come up through the vents and, like, mm-hmm. could really, like, possess anybody, and I was like, oh, shit. So, oh, I'm sorry, did I cut you off? <laughs> it's fine. Oh, okay. 
Uh, you were tuning me out. No, I wasn't tuning you out. I was like, I because because we're talking about Pinhead, and I kind of want to keep the topic of Pinhead going on. Um, like the fact that like, uh, the fact that the Pinhead, it's it's Doug Bradley's character. It's he, he's the priest. Hmm. He's the priest, or in the early drafts of the script, um, and it, 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 he's the, the, the lead Cenobite. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Clive Barker, he actually hates that fucking name. He thinks he thinks it's completely undignified of its character of calling him Pinhead because mm-hmm. Pinhead can also be known as an insult as well, like stupid. Yeah. Um. Uh, it wasn't until like. 2011 where they referred pinhead as priest that like it kind of started coming back up again as like he's known as pre as the priest or priest mm-hmm. or at least in a bite um i call him pinhead for sure because i'm just like yeah just everybody knows him as pinhead mm-hmm. um uh we we talked a little bit about the budget which was a million dollars can you guess how much it made probably like 750 20 million dollars oh. so it was a huge it was a huge hit Really? Yeah. I thought it was like one of those movies that like had a million dollar budget but did less than because maybe it didn't get to theaters or something. Oh no, these were in theaters. Like they like without it had to be cut several times because it was like rated X. And rightfully so because there was like some really there's like some really graphic shit in the rated R movie. I remember this used to play on sci fi a lot. Mm. Like they would have like a Hellraiser marathon for like the week or something like that. Yeah. Um Man, I still like this movie. Hmm. Even though sometimes it can be kind of fun. Actually, when we got done watching this, when I went home, I almost put on the second Hellraiser movie. Yeah? Yeah, but then I was like, eh, I'm going to watch some Abbott Elementary instead. <laughs> 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 um, so, there is, there's one part that I, I wanted to bring up. And this is actually uh, something of a discussion I, I, I thought about. When it came to uh, Hellraiser, um, so Clive Barker portrayed the Cenobites as the prison guards who recapture evil escaped souls and sent them back to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kelsey, I'll ask you this: Do you think the Cenobites are good, good slash evil, or weapons, or just weapons of uh, weapons or punishment for the evils of man? That's a hard one because I mm-hmm. feel like. They're not neither good nor evil. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think they're a punishment for man either. I, I feel like they're like... They're like an entity of their own. Okay. And it's like... It's it's hard to say like that they're good or evil because... Mm-hmm. I feel like in their mind... like It's almost like people can't comprehend mm. what they mean. And so they think that they're evil, but like, um, like, like they don't see themselves as the villain in their own story. Not even that. I don't even think they have a story. I think that Mm. they're, they just like, they just think that they, they're, it's their duty to do something like, Mm, like what they're doing. Not even in a, in a, a heroic way, just like, Mm. this is what we exist for. Yeah. And so they just—they're almost like a like an object. So more of a weapon, but not against people. Not against people. Okay. But I don't know. It's almost like um, 
Like if you could think of uh, Mjolnir. Oh, okay. Oh, like meow, uh, meow, 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 meow. You mean like they're like they're more of a a a, a, con- a conduit? Right. Okay. 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 I can definitely see that. That's okay. what I think. Okay, I can definitely see that. Well, I- even though Thor's hammer has more personality than the Cenobites do, like mm-hmm. I still view them as like yeah, like a conduit. Like they're they're just doing what they're meant to do. Um, and it's not like mm. good or evil. It maybe I feel like might be just like evening things out, like mm-hmm. like there's a balance or something. I can see that because I, I I was leaning more into like I was kind of leaning more into not not the good but like that they are the guards of hell, like like uh, like for example like that the the character Frank. You know, Frank was no angel or anything like that, but like they are aware of the evils of man, so they punish those that are evil. And I, and I don't want to necessarily say that they're good because clearly, if you just crack open the puzzle box, you know, out of curiosity, they come for your ass. Yeah. So I'm not going to say I definitely don't want to say that they're they're good. Um, so it's I, I'm more leaning I'm more leaning onto like the onto your side of a of a conduit conduit especially of the the how you say it, leviathan leviathan yeah the leviathan how you say it again leviathan leviathan um more of that but like as i, I, I almost want to say angels but like you can you you know you the devil was an angel at one point you can say that but yeah i i say they're more of a conduit of like the evils of man and like punish those because like the thing whenever whenever somebody comes for the puzzle box mm-hmm. they're normally not a good person maybe you think it's more like um how poltergeists come into existence like that could be like mm-hmm. a conduit right like mm-hmm. they don't really they don't really have a purpose except to feed off the energy that is yeah creating them and then put into them yeah yeah so so the fact that there are people out there that exist like that feeds them and they don't necessarily choose people based on that they just exist because of it yeah and the people come to them and they're trying and that's what i'm saying they're trying to even it out like if you get rid of that yeah even though they're not always right like it's like mother nature to me too right like Mm. Sometimes she's fair, and sometimes she sends five hurricanes down the same path. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. And I guess, there's yeah. no real rhyme or reason to it, but it definitely exists for a reason. Yeah, I'll say that. I totally agree with That's that. That's why I think of the conduit thing. I totally agree. I agree with you with that. Yeah. Um. So, with all that being said, uh, do you think uh, Hellraiser holds up? I actually do. Okay. Despite the fact that the costumes to me might be a little dated Mm -hmm. and um, there's absolutely no reason for the really uh, um, sexist like mover that's helping with the mattress. uh Yeah, the horn dog. Yeah. Yeah, um, That's like. It is classic. Mm-hmm. And I in the house has like a like a personality of its own. Mm-hmm. I really just think the story plays out in kind of an interesting way. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I think it still does hold up. Um, I think to me, I think some of the, I think some of the creature the creature features and the design the the monsters they still hold up. Um, 
If not, then like they definitely of of that era, and the fact that, like they were able to pull this off with us on, on what some may see like as a smaller budget, um, and then make so much money on the return. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, plus, like I think I think the story of because because where the. 2022 Hellraiser was about addiction, but hit you over the head with it. This one is about the same thing, but not. It doesn't. Cr- it doesn't crack you over the head with it mm. as much. So you can still like take it away and kind of look at like, okay, this is about addiction. Like it can be about sex addiction, it can be about drug addiction. It can just be about the addiction of curiosity mm-hmm. and what what evils that hold. If you just keep what's what's the phrase? Uh, fuck cur- around and find out. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> seriously, this movie's a straight up fuck around and find out. <laughs> Um, is there anything else? No. No. Okay. I think that's. I think that's a good way to end it. Uh, so, we would like to thank everybody for joining us on this week's uh, show. Uh, we would especially like to thank the folks over at Your Entertainment Corner for hosting this podcast on their on their website. Uh, you can find all your film news, TV news, and reviews on your entertainment. I'm sorry, at yourentertainmentcorner.com. dot uh, com. You can find us on all podcast catchers. We're all all over the place. Um. So next week, uh, we're going to be back. Uh, our recent review will be Halloween Ends, which uh, will be in theaters October 14th. And it, was, it will also be available streaming on Peacock October 14th, which is on a Friday. Um, we're going to do, with that, our geriatric cinematic is going to be 1978's Halloween. So we're going to do Halloween and then Halloween Ends. We're going to do the beginning and to the end. Huh. Um, so we're gonna see how like those uh, how those movies hold up. I'll tell you my my opinion on Halloween. Um, it might not be a flattering one. I I have something to tell you. Hmm. I saw Jamie Lee Curtis um post a picture of herself as a baby, uh-huh. and she's like, "I've always been afraid of everything." Because <laughs> her as a baby, she's like, <gasps> like, <that." laughs> like terrified. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Halloween, 1987's Halloween is streaming. 1987. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 1978. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> now everything's about you, Kelsey. Okay. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Duh. Uh, so 1978's Halloween is streaming on uh, Shutter, AMC Plus, or is available to rent on Apple TV, YouTube TV, Amazon, and other VOD services. Um, the topic <laughs> for that week's episode is the shape is back. <laughs> to reshape shit one more time. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? It's because it's because in the credits for Halloween, the name um, it doesn't say it doesn't say uh, Michael Myers. It says the shape. Oh, and it was that that Michael Myers was always known as the shape before it became before he became just known as Michael Myers. Mm. So yeah, that's why I put that there. Mm. You know, some would say that I would be a clever girl. They would be right. <laughs> They'd be right. Mm-hmm. Tuck it in and be like, dee, 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 dee. You don't even have to do that. Just stand next to me. Mm-hmm.